show season is back. Visit the Western Outdoor News booth at the upcoming BART Hall shows or the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show to subscribe or renew your subscription to Western Outdoor News. Every subscription comes with a free giveaway item and a spin at the prize wheel. The show kicks off at the BART Hall shows in San Diego February 16th through the 19th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Then the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show March 2nd through the 5th at the OC Fairgrounds. Day at the Docks at the San Diego Landings March 19th and then the Bart Hall Show returns to Long Beach March 29th through April 2nd. Stop by the Western Outdoor News booth just to say hi or renew your subscription. Southern California's show season makes its triumphant return. A flurry of double-digit Northern California trout and a bait boat sinks. We've got that and much more on Western Outdoor News. It's Western Outdoor News. Before we get into today's headlines, let's check in with Pat McDonald, who's down at the Bart Hall shows in San Diego to hear about how the show is shaping up. Hey, this is Pat McDonald. I'm here at the Bart Hall show. We're setting up here in the fairgrounds. We've got tons of boats coming in. We're just about set up on the O'Brien and Bean Crosby Hall. We're working on the exposition. We've got uh, some beautiful displays coming in here. So we're going to be opening up the show on Thursday and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So this will be the 45th running of the Bart Hall show here at Del Mar Fairgrounds. And we'll be following that up this next uh, month, um, March 29th through April 2nd at the Long Beach Convention Center. We're very excited. We hope you guys all show up. We're ready to go. We're back in business. Bart is back. Thanks a lot, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, Pat. We're looking forward to seeing everybody down at the Del Mar shows and getting everybody signed up for their Western Outdoor News subscription. We'll see you at the Western Outdoor News booth. For now, let's jump over to the headlines. Let's talk to Ben Harvey-Murray about this week's surf conditions. So let's talk about some of these coastal shifts. We've seen our surf report transition from fair all the way down the coast to good pretty much all the way down the coast. Tell me, Ben, tell me about the uh, the transition taking place for surf anglers. Yeah, sure. So the last few issues really on our surf and sites page, we've had a lot of, uh, let's say, fair, which really means, you know, it's not, not that amazing out there, um, a fair few fair reports. So, but this this week we have mostly good reports, which is really good. It means things are picking up out there. Um, you know, we've still got that 56, 57 degree water along a lot of Southern California, um, but we're seeing now calmer conditions. So less kind of, I guess, less cold wood upwellings, which are definitely going to help things like the sand crabs establish themselves, the bait establish themselves. We've probably got more halibut reports in the last week or two than we have had all year. So that's coming good. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I've caught... In the last couple of weeks, I've caught Corbina, really big yellowfin croaker. Um, there's a picture of 15-inch Southern California barred surf perch in this issue as well, which is a really cool fish for Southern California. Wow. And yeah, so it's really it's improving. Lots of species out there, um, but not in huge numbers, but they're definitely out there. The quality of the fish is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also, to help you out, we've got an article um, adjacent to the surf fishing report. Um, that's all about winter surf fishing. So this, this details some tactics you can use. So if you read this article, you can find your local beach um, and really go and use these tactics and strategies that we've kind of outlined in there and probably catch yourself a really nice fish because, you know, doing that article, I caught a really nice uh, sand bass from the beach, you know, sort of thing. If you caught that on a sport boat, you'd be pretty happy because that's a legal one that's coming home for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the situation right now. It's, it's gradually improving. Um, we would hope that, you know, we do have another couple of storms coming on the horizon, but I would suggest that things will hopefully now improve and we'll start to see in the next few weeks, um, definitely with that... I think it's late March, the clocks change, 
and that normally is a good transition time when the water temperature starts to kind of maybe creep up around that time start to see a few more sand crabs a bit, a bit more bait in the water you know those smelt mm-hmm. things like that the baby surf perch um, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of halibut ready to eat all those things as well okay. so yeah so it's really improving um, and like I said we've got lots of information in there about how to get out there and catch your own kind of real really cool fish Okay, so as we approach the end of uh, of winter and the early spring, what is the what's the biggest tip that you can give somebody during this kind of transition period from from late winter to early spring? Um, I'd say two things really. First of all, really pay attention to those tides, and really because your your feeding windows are a lot shorter. As in, I'm sure you've lots of people found in, in freshwater when that metabolism of the fish starts to slow down they will not be as active and they'll be feeding less so identifying those windows and again in that article we've listed some really specific things to look out for there but so i'd say pay attention to the tides make sure you're fishing when the water's moving but when there is plenty of water in front of you we're not in summer yet so those shallow beds of sand crabs are not going to have fish over them they're going to be more um, orientated towards clam beds for example for the surf perch around rocks and structure for the bass and perchy other perch species um croaker is still around on the open beach but a lot less common and like i said i caught a corbina a week ago as well so that's you know catching those is all good yeah so i mean that's a perfect example of why conditions have gone from fair to good i mean there's still fish to be caught especially this time of year yeah absolutely um and this you know it's a, it's a as you're sitting here and we can watch the sunshine and blue sky and that's a wonderful change from maybe a couple of weeks ago when it was really very very um unfavorable conditions for the surf angler you know heavy winds a lot of a lot of cold water um very rough surf conditions a lot of energy in the water mm-hmm. which just translates into a lot of current which means it's a lot harder to you know get out there and run a light carolina rig for example okay all right and one other kind of change that you've seen is that you actually have been using the angler's fish and mate uh cart at the beach and we recently had a tackle box review of that item as well Tell us a little bit about that uh, about that cart and how it could be used for surf anglers. Yeah, sure. So we've been testing the four-wheeled cart, which is quite a big cart, but it definitely you need that if you're taking, say, a big cooler and you've got a bag of stuff and, you, you know, you maybe a couple of rods, a couple of chairs. Um, so we've been testing that out. I've been using it on my local beaches, and it's really good. It's really well-engineered. Um, in fact, we've got a photo of in the in the tackle box, a photo of me pulling it with one finger mm-hmm. along wet sand, which is probably not what you think when you see the size of the cart, which only weighs 50 pounds, so it goes in the back of your back of your truck pretty quick mm-hmm. pretty easily um so that's something we've been using it's got eight rod holders as well so the way i've been using it is wheeling along the beach find a little hole cast a couple of rods out using you know maybe the kind of muscle or a blood worm mm-hmm. bait that kind of thing kind of bait and weight tactics um and if nothing's home move along to the next spot it makes the whole thing really easy you kind of like got a mobile fishing platform and it's got this handy little table at the top as well so you can put all your all your bait um and chop it up and not ruin the top of your cooler <laughs> perfect <laughs> Okay, yeah, definitely. Keep an eye out, especially if you're in the Huntington area. You see Ben walking down <laughs> yeah, with, say the, hello. <laughs> with his giant cart. Um, with the blue wheels. Yeah, the blue wheels really help get through the sand. Well, thank you for the, uh, the surf report. I appreciate that. Let's jump over to Mike Stevens. All right, we're here with Mike Stevens reporting on the February 17th issue of Western Outdoor News. And let's start on page one with my favorite headline, Lake Amador is not called Lake Slamador. 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 <laughs> Slamador for no reason. Uh, tell me about these Northern California trout bites that they've been seeing up there. Amador really packs in some big ones. It's it's their, their lake up there for huge stock trout. And 
Um, they've got cut bows. They've got um, ama golds, which are kind of their version of lightning trout. Um, but they, they stock giants. I mean, I'm just looking at the notes here. Um, there was a 16.6 pound cut bow caught on a cast master. Um, and that was beaten by an 18.92 caught on a Panther Martin, um, uh, down the line a 15.28 on a Rapala. And then, in, and then it's the Amagolds, a 14 pounder, uh, eight pounder. Um, then it, it's lists off the cut bows, 12.74, a lot of cast master fish. Most of them are on, are on lures. So mm-hmm. that's cool, but it absolutely happens in, in waves up there. Like I, there was a stretch last year where I remember laughing because the, the it seemed like the lake record got broke like four weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, I think they have some sort of s- special relationship with a hatchery. Obviously they're, they're paying for the be- the better fish, but um, whatever it is, uh, Lake Amador is is quite the destination for big trout. And I know, um, you know, I'm a trout guy, and a lot of the trout guys I know down here are starting to notice. And I know a couple guys that are making trips up there pretty soon to check it out, see what all the fuss is about. But it's pretty cool, um, especially with these cut bows. I mean, I'm looking at this photo of the almost 19 pounder, and it's great color full tail um it's just a pretty cool situation up there so when a fish is that big and i'll be humble here i i've very rarely if ever caught a 19 pound trout once you take that fish out of the water is is a 19 pounder what are its odds of survival you mean like if you were to release it right i think it depends on a lot of things like i said um these these trout um a lot of them are caught on lures. You know, that's that's a big part of it. You know, fish caught on bait get hooked deeper, and you end up spending a lot more time getting the hook out. Um, they're also being caught in pretty cold water. When a trout's caught in cold water, um, their chances of survival after a long fight, which I imagine fish of this size, most guys using four-pound test or less, it's going to be a long fight, but in colder water, they have a better chance of survival being released than if they were caught in, like, you know, water flirting with 70 degrees or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at them. A couple, I, I, it looks like at least a couple of them were kept. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think releasing at Amador, especially this time of year, even with fish that size. Um, Shouldn't have problems. Yeah, I think it's very possible. Okay. All right, well, let's jump over. That's Northern California Lakes producing some monster trout for sure. Uh, let's jump over to another story on the cover. The bait boat, Matador, sinks to the bottom. Right. I that, mean, that's that, a big story. That's a um, that's a story our salt editor, Merritt McRae, sent in on Monday as we were building the paper. And it happens. I mean, sometimes something that ends up above the fold on page one is something that came in that day. And that was um, that story about the Matador, a bait boat out of Redondo Beach. Um, I believe Phil Friedman um, had the original, uh, broke the news on that. That's how Merritt knew about it. But uh, it sounded like four people had to be pulled out of the water. Um, The nature... The nature of the boat sinking was a certain compartment filled up with water, the, causing one part of the boat to 
tip over and the emergency equipment wasn't um, wasn't available for them to get quickly. So it sounds like uh, the crew they found some coolers and anything else that would that would float and um, just used that to uh, bob around and call for help. It sounded like that's how they got found as they were calling for help. I don't think they were very f- far offshore yet. Um, it said it was only 60 feet of water um, where the matador went down. But yeah, I mean, we've it's not the first time we've had boats sinking in here <laughs> in the paper. Um, it doesn't happen really often, but it seems to at least at least have one or two a year. And uh, this time it was a bait boat, and you know we're glad to hear everybody got out. Yeah, they uh, they said that the rescuers told them that they were just minutes from fatal hypothermia when they were pulled from the water. So okay. fortunately, all all four were rescued. But this is uh, this is just it's a scary story. You know, it's things happen quick out there on the water, so everybody knows to be to be very careful out there. Anything can happen. Uh, so let's let's actually jump to something on a little bit brighter. Uh, Bill Schaefer he wrote a uh, very interesting uh, feature about how to crank up spotted bay bass, and this one hit close to home because I'm a personal fan of using crankbaits for spotties. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, you know, I'm not the best in the world. I fished some SBS tournaments in the past. I'm not going to say where I ranked, but I, you know, <laughs> it wasn't wasn't great, but. Uh, personally love throwing crankbaits for spotted bay bass. Um, it's just, I, I've actually been, uh, I've been told by some guys that I'm fishing with, I'm like, man, they, they say, why, why are you throwing crankbaits all day long for spotties? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, wh- honestly, why would you throw anything else? Yeah. They're so easy to cast at a piling, get down there deep. They have good action. They, they, you know, bring that attention to these, to these fish. Uh, I know a lot of people throw a rigs and swim baits, and right. there's all these other options. But there's something about using a crankbait for spotties that I I think it's one of the most fun inshore fishing you can have. Yeah, I remember in the in the mid '90s um, was when people really started to realize how many freshwater bass techniques would work on on spotties, especially or calicos, sand bass, but uh, especially the spotties in the in the harbors, I mean, people have been fishing grubs and stuff for for a long time, but then it was then it was spinner baits and um, and stuff like crank baits and jerk baits. Um, Bill Schaefer, he he used to guide inshore. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he still can, but he um, he loves fishing inshore. He loves fishing San Diego Bay and Mission Bay and targeting spotties, and um, he is also a freshwater guy. So it doesn't surprise me at all that um he's writing articles about how to do it with uh pretty much the same stuff that you'd be using in freshwater for bass Mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely and if you guys have uh your favorite techniques you can leave a voicemail on our voicemail line in the show description below and uh let's talk spotty fishing so send those in uh one more story that uh we've been talking about is the upcoming show season. And I know earlier in the show, we heard from Pat McDonald uh, from the Bart Hall shows at the Del Mar Fairgrounds this weekend, uh, followed by the PCS show. And that's going to be March 2nd through the 5th. That's going to be at the OC Fairgrounds. And then at the end of March, the very last week of March, March 29th through April 2nd, the Bart Hall show makes its return to Long Beach. So the show season's coming up. And in the middle of all that, I just forgot, Day of the Docks, March 19th. Day of the Docks is back, and that's actually a pretty big story considering they haven't been back 
since uh, since the COVID lockdowns. Mm-hmm. So this is truly the return of the show season, and we are so excited to to go to all of these things and meet you guys. That's that's the most fun part of this is when you guys come to our booth and tell us about the stories and you know when you had a neighbor that used to be in Western Outdoor News <laughs> or your cousin was on the cover once. We love to hear all of those stories and uh, how Western Outdoor News has been a part of your life. So stop by the booth, spin the prize wheel, win some free stuff when you subscribe to Western Outdoor News and I really hope to see everybody at the show season. Stevens, are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I think everybody's been looking forward to the full slate you know, show season, and it's it's here. It's I'm not going to say it snuck up on us because we've been planning for it for months, but, you know, it, it's here. It starts this week at Del Mar, and then they're all stacked up, you know, for, for over a month after that. So it's it, they're all going to be a spectacle. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, I know everyone's looking forward to it. Yeah, we sure are. So thank you guys for listening. We're looking forward to seeing you guys, and we will talk to you next week. This is Western Outdoor News.